Hi, everyone. My name is Nick Robertson, and I'm here recording my first episode of the Robertson Sports Podcast. I've got my brother Nate here with me, and in this episode, we're going to discuss the NCAA tournament because it's that time of year again. And we're also going to discuss NFL free agency, um, specifically our favorite team, the Raiders, and the various moves that we've seen them make. How are you doing today, Nate? I'm good. I'm ready to talk some sports. Uh, me too. I'm excited. So thinking about the tournament, what are, what's your final four? Who, who do you have going to the final four? Have you picked that yet? Have you I actually haven't made a full bracket. I haven't made a full bracket yet. Sorry to say. But oh, no, uh, that's okay. <laughs> I just um, made my first one yesterday. Uh, who so. do you have if you want to go first? I have some teams I like, but I don't have a, an ironed out final four yet. Um, so as far as my final four goes, I I know that I picked Texas to make it. I picked UCLA to make it. I picked um Oh, I can't even remember who I picked for the other bracket on the bottom left, but top left, I picked Alabama to make it. And I know okay. my championship game is Alabama-UCLA, and then I have UCLA winning. But okay. usually when I fill out a bracket, I just kind of go for it and try not to spend too much time thinking about it. Yeah. Just because I feel like the more time you think about it, the, I don't know, it just seems to mess things up. And it's always hard to know exactly I agree. Win and how that'll go. I think that uh, just going with your gut is usually the best option because it's all nonsense anyway. No one can really predict it. And the more you try to bog yourself down with stats and stuff, it doesn't really help. Yeah. Because it's all just so random. I agree. I mean, I try to pick at least a few upsets. Like this year, one of the upsets I'm definitely looking at is um, Furman beating Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Virginia's, uh, they do get upset a lot. The last time they were in the tournament, they lost to Ohio. They lost to UMBC, obviously. That was the biggest upset ever. So, yeah. And their uh, team is especially prone to just having terrible offensive nights that I think uh, can lead them to be upset pretty easily. Their defense is usually pretty good, but their offense is very uh, off and on. Yeah. That that's a great point. Um, so I just looked. I actually have Memphis as my other Final Four team. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, they were one of my big upsets. I mean, they did just beat Houston in their conference championship game on either Saturday or Sunday, I believe. Yeah, on Sunday. That's true. Yeah, I think Houston I was, was pretty interesting. One of their best players in that game. But oh, really? Okay. See, that's another issue that I have with with filling out brackets is that I'm not like this diehard college basketball fan that watches the entire season and uh-huh. really keeps up with what teams are best and everything. I just kind of go with my gut. But I feel like with these brackets that when you're predicting it, there's not a ton of a difference in your chances of doing well on them between like a, a total expert. and. Well, like, yeah, there is no such thing, I don't think, as an expert, I guess, in the sense, because it's all so random. I agree. So, um, what first round games are you most excited for? Um, Out of round of sixty four, not the playing yeah. games. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited for. Well, do we want to talk about upsets or good games? Either or, whatever okay. you want to talk about. I think Texas A and M at Penn State is going to be a really good game. Seven ten on Thursday. It's one of the late games. Uh, Texas A and M and Penn State both made the semifinals in their conference tournaments. 
They're both very hot teams. I think Texas A&M was pretty underseeded at the seven. I think that they only seeded them there because they wanted the Texas and Texas A&M possible matchup in the round of 32. Oh, but that's true. I think that I think that's a good game. Uh, that's an interesting point. In terms of upsets, I think uh, Charleston San Diego State is obviously it's a very popular upset pick in the five twelve. I think Oral Roberts Duke is a very popular upset pick. And before the bracket was unveiled, I had kept telling people, "Oh, I'm going to pick Oral Roberts to win, no matter who they play, because they've just they're better than the team that made the Sweet Sixteen two years ago." But playing Duke is tough. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know it if is. I want to pick them. Yeah, uh, I picked them. Yeah. Well, uh, that's good. I I like their team a lot. They they have most of the people left from their 2021 team, and they have a very good new center who wasn't there. Um. Yeah, it seems like they're much improved. I um, I should just disclose I'm a UNC fan, so I don't really like Duke, and um, <laughs> it's pretty easy for me to pick against them in the tournament. And I also love Oral Roberts. Their 2021 tournament run was really entertaining to watch, and so I would really like to see them be able to pull off this upset again. Yeah, it was that was very fun. I actually had them in the Sweet Sixteen in my bracket, so I got to feel like a genius for like two days, even though the rest of my bracket wasn't very good. Yeah, no, I mean, that's always a great feeling. That reminds me of in um, 2013 when I picked Florida Gulf Coast to beat Georgetown in the first round. And yeah. that somehow actually happened. Sometimes you just have to go with, um, like, the, the vibes, I guess. Like, you can just feel sometimes when a team is going to yeah. an upset. And, Georgetown um, was a perennial choker, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> in those days. So, I mean... The vibes, yeah. yeah, we're never very good around that team. It's kind of like Virginia now, although I guess Virginia should maybe not get that label because they, they won the championship. championship. Yeah, yeah, they did get that championship. That's something. And then they just immediately choked and the night they're next. Yeah, but what seed was Ohio when they lost to them? Were they like a I think 13? they were a four thirteen. Like they are okay. The yeah, yeah. See, I don't even know anything about Furman. And I picked Virginia to win in my bracket, but I'm honestly a little worried about that. Like, I'm not sure if I should have gone with that. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough game. I don't know sure. too much about Furman. I know that they like to run a Princeton offense with lots of backdoor cuts, which could give UVA some trouble. But UVA has a pretty tough defense, so... Yeah, that that they do. I think Tony Bennett has those guys coached up pretty well. Um, yeah. Another upset that I'm thinking of in the South region, I picked Charleston to beat San Diego yeah. State. That's a very popular pick. I think that. Yeah. I mean, it seems like every year there's at least one 12 seed that beats a five. Like, uh -huh. that seems to be one of the more common upsets that we see. And so going in my bracket, I had to pick at least one. And um, in the Midwest region, I couldn't really pick Drake to beat Miami. Because I think Miami's really well coached. They had a nice run in the tournament last year. What they make it to like the Sweet Sixteen or the Elite Eight? They made the Elite Eight last year. I yeah, remember. they're they're very well coached. I like their coach Jim Laranyaga because he was the coach of George Mason when they made it to the Final Four back in two thousand six. My and, local um, school. Yeah, your local school, indeed. I um. Out of the opening games, though, the playing games, I know we've talked about how, like, I'm not the biggest fan of those, but I do like Arizona State a lot, and I'm excited to see if they can beat Nevada in that game. Yeah, I think they should be able to beat Nevada. ASU has been uh, 
on kind of a bit of a hot streak. Uh, they obviously lost Arizona in the Pac-12 tournament, but before that, they did beat them. Took a little magic to beat them, but yeah, you know what's March without a little magic, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, I think I think they can beat Nevada. I don't know if they can beat TCU. That'll be a really tough game, but yeah, I don't know much about TCU. Are they pretty good this year? Yeah, they they have one really good big guy on their team. I'm forgetting oh, his name. I think I remember him from last year in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. But they uh yeah, they 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 were in the top 25 before the tournament, which is good. Yeah, that is really good. I'm surprised they, they're only a 6 seed. Yeah, they beat Texas in the beginning of March. So I mean, oh, really? and then they obviously lost yeah. to Texas. They also they made it to the semifinals of the Big 12 tournament. They even beat Kansas State in the tournament. So yeah, that's pretty impressive. I know Kansas State has been pretty good this year. They're a three seed in the East bracket. Yeah. Taking on Montana State in the first round. Yeah, I, I could see Kansas them losing State to Kentucky, that. though, in the second oh, round. I've but... actually, that's another upset I should bring up. I've got Providence beating Kentucky. Okay. I, I can see that. I I guess my gut just tells me Kentucky got upset last year. They're not going to want to get upset this year. But yeah, no, it was that's very. A good yeah, I uh, who did they lose to last year in the tournament? St. Peter's. Okay, yeah. Well, and then St. Peter's went on their crazy run that they did. Yeah. So that was that was quite impressive, and I did not see that coming at all. That was no, I don't think I felt upset. Most people vibes. did. Yeah. yeah, I had Kentucky in the Final Four last year, so. Yeah, they were pretty good. It does kind of seem like John Calipari is not having as much success recently with Kentucky. Like, yeah, his recruits haven't, haven't even like on have, the NBA level. We don't get like we're not getting really like top draft guys in the NBA. Like the most recent one I can remember is Shea Gilders Alexander. And what year was he drafted? Like 2018. 18. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Keldon Johnson was drafted the next year by the Spurs, but he was a oh, late first round pick. Yeah, but like Kentucky. no, like off top picks. I yeah. Mean. No, I mean he was not like expected to, to be as good of a player. I got forgot about him. He was the seventh Oops. pick, and Shaden Sharp. He's the seventh pick for the Blazers. I remember. I was hoping that my Spurs would pick him. Yeah, but, looking um, at it like uh, Tyrese Maxey went to Kentucky, but he was the twenty-first pick. Emmanuel quickly went to Kentucky, twenty-fifth pick. PJ Washington, who's the twelfth pick. Tyler Hero, thirteenth pick. Yeah, but yeah, no I one mean, in Kentucky's been picked in the top five since. De'Aaron Fox in 2017. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you brought up that they haven't had as many um, like top-tier prospects as yeah. De'Aaron Fox. He, going out of college, I remember, I think they played, he was on Kentucky, of course, and they played UCLA. I think it was in the Sweet 16, I want to say. And this was when UCLA had Lonzo Ball. And mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox just outplayed him. Like, I really thought that that was going to be... Like, yeah, because that's me, part I thought of the, De'Aaron Fox would be better. Yeah, let's start with the, the whole NBA. controversy of uh, De'Aaron Fox, how Lonzo was ducking De'Aaron Fox and didn't want to play against him because he would always be mysteriously injured when the Lakers would play the Kings. But oh, De'Aaron man. Fox, he's been great this year. He's uh, he has twenty six points per game, fifty one percent shooting. He's averaging, or he has the most points in the fourth quarter. I'm pretty sure of any player in the NBA. He, he seems th- to be. He seems to have really gotten his jump shot together. Because I remember when he came out of college, that was maybe the biggest 
like worry the people had with him was like, would he ever be able to become a good three point shooter? Yeah, he's not like great, but shooter. he's definitely passable shooting threes. Yeah, which is I fine. Agree. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited about the Kings this year. I I since I'm a Raiders fan, I have a soft spot for teams that that miss the playoffs pretty <laughs> often and struggle. Unserious franchises. Yeah, and the the Kings <laughs> like last year when they traded Tyrese Halliburton. And um, Buddy Heald for DeMontis Sabonis, and I can't remember what other pieces were in the trade, but those were basically the, the main, basically like, really it, important yeah. ones. I remember just thinking, like, this this is another typical Kings move. Like, of course, the franchise that drafted Marvin Bagley instead of Luka Doncic would make a trade like this, but it's actually worked out really well. For both teams, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those rare trades where it seems like there's not a clear-cut winner. Like, it's just worked out really well for both teams. Yeah. 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 The Pacers going... are tanking, but I mean, that's okay. Or I don't even yeah. know if they're really tanking, but they're, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're not a playoff team, though. Yeah, they, they're uh, not. They've got some pieces to build around, though. I think um, Tyrese Halliburton fits there better than, than DeMontis Sabonis did. Yeah, especially when you have Miles Turner. Yeah, I agree. You can't be be having too many big men that are clogging up the post and causing spacing issues and such. Yeah. Um, but going back to the tournament, um, one thing I was really surprised to see is that Marquette is a two seed. I I have just not been paying enough attention to college basketball. I did not realize that they were that good of a team. And um, I actually have them losing in the second round to USC. Yeah, that, I guess I could see that. I, might, I think I would have them losing to Michigan State, but either or. Uh, and this is just purely, again, like a gut thing. It's a vibe thing with Shaka Smart teams. Especially when he was at Texas, they were always getting upset, never really making it far. And Marquette has always been kind of an unserious tournament team. I can remember the most popular upset pick of 2019 was 12 seed Murray State with John Morant upsetting them, and they oh. blew them out of the building. They yeah, that was maybe <laughs> the easiest. Them. Pick I've ever made in my life of having yeah. the 12th beating the so like the, 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 the combination of Marquette and Shaka Smart together really just gives me bad vibes for a deep tournament run. So of course I think they're I'm gonna pick them to lose and then they'll go to like the final four or something. But yeah. Yeah, it's really something that that um, Shaka Smart has been able to go to Marquette because um was he fired by Texas or did yeah he... he was fired after they lost to Abilene Christian the 14 seed in 2021. Oh, my. Yeah, well, that makes sense. It's just really interesting how that's flipped around, because when Shaka Smart was at VCU, of course, I, they went to the Final Four, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were the yeah, first so, four to the Final Four. Yeah, and have we even seen that happen since? Yeah, UCLA did it in 2021. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting, because I'm not really a big fan of these playing games, but the 11-11 games are fine. I'm just not mm -hmm. really as much of a fan of the 16-16 games. Like, for example, we've got um, Texas Southern taking on Farley Dickinson. Like, I really could not care less about that game. Like, unless oh, yeah, you're a yeah. diehard fan of either of those teams, there's, like, literally no reason to tune in. Yeah, I don't think I really care about watching them. But I, from what I've heard, like, the reason they do it is that uh, the NCAA pays conferences based off how many tournament wins they get. It's like a big pool of money for every team in the conference. And so oh, okay. these 16 seeds of winning the playing game counts as a tournament win. And so like this very small conference that has like fairly Dickinson, for instance, if they win, they're everyone in their conference is going to get money they can put into their program. 
that that's really good that's a that's a good point to make because i don't think very many people know that like i did not know that until you told me yeah yeah so it's a it's a i think it's a like it's not something i'm gonna go i'm not like tonight at 6 40 p.m i'm not gonna be like oh yeah texas a&m corpus christi is playing southeast missouri state i need to turn that on but i i guess i'm happy that you know their programs are gonna get money yeah, I guess these other 16 seeds like um, Northern Kentucky and Howard are probably kind of sick that they're not in these 16 versus 16 <laughs> I mean, yeah, games. It's, I guess it's the trade-off of guaranteed round of 64 or... Uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, uh, Howard beats Kansas, they'll get a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of money for sure. I, uh, I'm not really sure why Kansas was a one seed, honestly. Because Texas kind of handled them in their conference tournament game. Like, I was thinking maybe Texas should take that one seed, but... Well, Kansas has just been a really good team all season. And I don't think that the committee takes... At least from what I've heard in the past, is that the committee doesn't take too much stock into uh, conference championships, especially, like, one game in the conference tournament. I think that Texas probably should have been a one seed over Purdue, but... I think Kansas deserved to be one seed. They were a really good team all year. They were number one in the Big 12 in the regular season. And they've had sustained success. So, I mean, I'm okay with it. But I think that Texas should have been over Purdue, honestly. Yeah, and I don't know much about Purdue aside from um, Edie or Eddie, their center. Edie, yeah, Zach Edie. Yeah, 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 he's huge. 7-4-3-0-5. Yeah. And um, from my understanding, he's not really like much of an NBA prospect. Oh, no, so no, no. This he's is really like a... his big stage here. Uh huh. Yeah, and um, I feel kind of bad bearing that in mind with the fact that I picked Memphis to beat them in the second <laughs> round. Yeah, I. Yeah, they. I don't know. I'm never really too high on teams that rely on one player like exclusively, especially a big man. Because yeah. he's kind of game out of the game. I understand that he's really tall, but it's yeah. uh, it's definitely hard when you only have one really thing that you're going for because it just makes it so much easier to scheme against. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like for instance, if Florida Atlantic beats Memphis, I they have a very good seven footer, but I think that Memphis is going to be a tough game. I'm not sure who's going to win that one. Yeah, I think so too. I uh, I just kind of have this bias towards Memphis because as a kid, I was a really big Penny Hardaway fan. And mm. now he's, of course, the coach of Memphis. And so I'd really like to see him do well. I'm not sure, though. I think my picking them to go to the Final Four may have been a little overzealous. <laughs> That's we'll okay. see. I always try to pick at least one upset team because usually when I go through, I'm just like, oh, it's probably going to be like ones and twos in the Final Four. Uh-huh. And that almost never actually happens. Usually it's like, like pick one or two one upsets. seeds and then like a three seed or something and then like a six, seven seed. Yeah. Yeah, looking at my bracket, the, by far the biggest upset I've chosen is that I have Grand Canyon beating Gonzaga. Oh my, round. that is that is a crazy upset. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't get behind that. <laughs> I can get behind it. I mean, Grand Canyon, they're coached by Dan Marley, Phoenix Suns legend. I think they've got a good chance. I, I also just don't really like Gonzaga as a tournament team. Like, I I can never seriously consider them as title contenders. Yeah, I... I don't know. I'm... Uh... I'm, I like BYU, so I'm not the biggest Gonzaga person. Yeah, um, 
but I I think Timmy's good, at least for college. Like he's not an NBA prospect, and I like Strother on their team. He's a new player. Um, I think that they can beat Grand Canyon. Honestly, I think that they could see. I could see them beating UCLA with UCLA's injuries, but. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I didn't really bear UCLA's injuries in mind when I made my picks. I picked them to be my champion. Yeah, I mean, UCLA could win the championship. It's not unheard of. I know they people could. always are like, oh, this player's injured. Uh, and usually they just write them off completely. But I think it's kind of, you shouldn't do that with UCLA. They've proven to be a great team. Yeah, last two I years, agree. So. And I mean, what really appeals to me is their, their coaching, and then they, they have experience. Like, they've got Tiger Campbell and Jaime Jaquez and mm-hmm. other guys that have been on this stage before, and that honestly really helps a lot. Like, Yeah, and they won the... or they won the Pac-12 regular season. Did not win the yeah, conference almost tournament. Almost won uh, the conference yeah. tournament. That was a great Arizona's, game. Yeah, I watched it. I, I was watching then. I really wanted UCLA to hit that three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, so looking at the bracket, though, um, I think uh, another upset I've got is I have ASU slash Nevada beating TCU, but I'm kind of regretting that after we talked about <laughs> TCU more. But Yeah, uh, that might be a little bit of a bias there, but that's okay. What, what's yeah. uh, the bracket without a little bit of biased fun? Yes, as long exactly. as I think if you pick your team to win one round, if you don't have TCU going to the sweets, or do you have ASU going to the Sweet Sixteen? I do. Yeah, I have them going okay. past Grand Canyon. Say. Okay, yeah, if they're playing Grand Canyon, I guess. Matchup. Sure. Yeah, I was gonna say if you have your team going one round and not going to Sweet Sixteen, I don't think it really <laughs> matters. Not like uh, me in 2011 when I had BYU winning the entire tournament in my bracket. <laughs> oh, I, I, I bet I did too. That was the year of Jimmermania. Yeah, that, was... that team. I I still maintain that if Brandon Davies hadn't been suspended, that that team could have won the title. Yeah, they came close to beating Florida, who had Bradley Beal. In yeah, the that, and... yeah, that was a tough game. I I think I I woke up and tried to watch it. So background story: we lived in Italy um, when this game was going on, and uh, I tried to wake up to watch it. It was on at like two or three in the morning, something crazy like that because of the time difference and um i remember i woke up and watched like the first five minutes maybe and then i fell asleep on the couch and um i woke up and byu had lost yeah so, i unfortunately was in fourth grade and so there was no waking up at three in the morning for me <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah no it was kind of nice that mom and dad would let me go just watch whatever in the living room at like three in the morning because yeah. of the crazy time difference but yeah, that was a fun tournament. Kemba Walker led UConn over Butler, who had made their second final appearance in a row. Yeah, that was pretty insane, especially since hadn't Butler lost Gordon Hayward yeah, they the did. year before, and they still made it. So Brad Stevens, a great coach. So Yeah, quite a coach, and he seems to be a pretty good GM, too, or team president, mm-hmm. whatever his role is with the Celtics. Besides the whole Ime Udoka thing, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I don't know if you I can mean, really pin that on him. Yeah, that that's tough because you you never know how someone will be behind closed doors. Like you can try your best to to get a feel for them, and when you spend time with them, you can, um, you know, you get a better idea of who they are as a person and everything. But you just never know. And it's interesting because I feel like a lot of details regarding that have not been like made public or whatever. So we don't really even know the full story. 
Yeah, which is probably best for everyone involved. Yeah, yeah I agree. And it'll be interesting to see if Ime can get another coaching job somewhere. I know the Nets were trying to hire him. But yeah, I saw him off. in rumors recently for someone. Oh, I forget who. Yeah, I just re- specifically remember the Nets thing. But I'm okay with them getting Jacques Vaughn, another Spurs legend. Yeah, and Jacques Vaughn might win Coach of the Year this year. So You think so? Uh, I think, I think Katie, Mike Brown has got to be up. Yeah, there. that's you're right. I forgot about Ms. Mike Brown. I was gonna say if Katie and Kyrie had stayed and they'd made a push for like the top two seed, I think that he could have won. But considering that they were so bad with Steve Nash, but yeah, I think Mike Brown's probably shooing. You're right. I forgot about the Kings. Yeah, I mean, of course, I always want Greg Popovich to be coach of the year, but yeah, he can be tank coach the of the year. year. Yeah, I mean, like I. <laughs> I went to see them play a couple weeks ago when they played the Jazz in Salt Lake. And uh, it was very interesting just observing their rotations and stuff. Like, if they started going on a run, Pop would call timeout and change up the rotation and put in some different guys and kill that rhythm and continuity. And uh, it's just interesting. I think it's a good move. Their franchise needs to, to get a great player. Yeah, you can't really be consistently great with Keldon Johnson or Devin Vassell as your best player. So Yeah. No, I mean, I think that they're really solid pieces to build around. Yeah, like they're Keldon solid supporting Johnson. pieces, for sure. Yeah. Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, and Jeremy Sohan are all just great pieces to be building around. They just need a, a star to really yeah. be the centerpiece of that team. And I could see them being a, a good team in a few years. Either Victor or Scoot, or possibly yeah. even Brandon Miller. Yeah, we'll see. Is but, Brandon yeah. Miller supposed to be going really high in the draft? He's supposed to be, from what I've seen, the third pick. And then okay. uh, they're, I don't know if you know the Thompson Twins. They're pretty, supposed to be pretty high. They, they play an overtime elite, that league. I don't even know what that league is. <laughs> it's in Florida. Okay. Um, yeah, it's Amen Thompson and Asar Thompson. And they're both pretty good. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And you said they're twins. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, it's, I remember um, when Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez were coming up. Or even both, the uh, um, the Morris twins Stanford. as well. The Morris twins and um the who are those twins with the, the Harrison twins? Yes, with Kentucky, they they did not <laughs> like Frank Kaminsky. No, they had some very choice <laughs> words for Frank Kaminsky in the press conference. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they never really panned out in the NBA. Sadly no, for them. I don't even remember what teams they went to or anything. I know one of them was on the Grizzlies in 2016 because the Grizzlies, I remember that year, had so many injuries that they had played like an NBA record, like 29 different players in one season or something. And one oh of them goodness. was one of the Harrison twins. Oh, good for them getting some action on the court. I can look this up, see. Yeah. Um, where they went. Yeah, yeah. they were. Yeah, the one of the Harrison of the- twins. Oh, sorry, go ahead. One of them plays in Taiwan. Okay. And the other... plays in... Turkey. So, I guess, get the bag. Yeah, I don't know which league is is better. I guess Turkey (laughs) probably plays in your league. Hey, well, Dwight Howard plays in Taiwan, so... Oh, I saw that. I saw he dropped like eighty something a couple days ago. Yeah, I did. You see the clip on uh, Inside the NBA where they were talking about Dwight Howard 
No, I didn't. And Shaq was like, oh, Dwight Howard's team is uh, like 4-11 in Taiwan. And they were like, Shaq, I think you're paying more attention to the Taiwanese league than you pay attention to the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he could be. It seems like Shaq isn't really the biggest fan of Dwight Howard. No, he really took offense to the whole Superman thing that Dwight Howard did, I think. Yeah, and the fact that they were saying he was a better big man than Shaq when Dwight sort of yeah, yeah. well, and that's now with the benefit of hindsight, we know this is clearly not the case. Well, I would say that in like 2009, Shaq or Dwight Howard was definitely better than Shaq, but well, um, yeah, but like career-wise, overall, like yeah, but that was when Shaq was starting to decline. So of course, um, yeah, Dwight was better than him in that moment, but um. Yeah, moving on, um, I wanted to talk about NFL free agency because um, it just started yesterday, I believe. And mm-hmm. um, specifically our Raiders because we're both Raiders fans. And there have been some very interesting moves, including um, right before we started this podcast, Darren Waller, their star tight end, was traded to the New York Giants for a third round pick. I believe that's yeah, the compensation the they're getting for pick it. pick in the draft. Yeah. It was the exact, it was the compensatory pick that the... Giants got for trading Kadarius Tony to the Chiefs. So they basically traded Kadarius Tony for Darren Waller. Which looks a lot better than trading Kadarius Tony for that third round pick or whatever it was that they got for him. Yeah, I think he looked really good on the Chiefs, honestly. Yeah, when he was healthy, that's the issue with Kadarius Tony is that yeah. his body is just, uh, I don't think it's meant to keep up with his insane athleticism. And so. Yeah. I, I fear that it will not work out for him long term, but he got yeah. a Super Bowl, so that's good for him. He did, yeah. Didn't he get a touchdown in the Super Bowl? I believe he did, yeah. Yeah, I believe it was one of those touchdowns where they they sent a man in motion in one direction, and then the entire oh, it just completely fooled the Eagles. On him. Yeah, that was um, some guess what? great. That that Eagles defensive coordinator is a head coach now. So yeah, he's the coach of the Cardinals for yeah. reasons I don't understand. Well, the Cardinals, but, much like the Raiders, are just not a serious franchise. So. No. Yeah, I mean, at least like those those NFL Players Association report cards, they seem to, to be pretty kind to the Raiders for the most part. Like, they seem to really like them. They like their practice facility a lot. But the, the thing that really stuck out with the Cardinals one was that they, they make their players pay for their meals that they eat at the practice facility. Like, Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's just very cheap. Like, if your if your goal is to to win a that Super sounds Bowl like a stuff, like a single A really well. minor league type of thing in the MLB, which is it just does. which also yeah. in that I think it's stupid, but yeah. even more so for an NFL team. Yeah, I mean, an NFL team is bringing in um like indescribable amounts of money every season, <laughs> so they can afford to to pay their for their players' meals. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but anyway, about the Darren Waller trade, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Are you happy with it? Do you think it was a good move, or is it another annoying move in a set of many annoying moves that the Raiders have made lately? Well, my knee jerk reaction is the Raiders are awful. Why am I a fan of this team? But <laughs> after a little bit of thinking, I I can like kind of understand where they're coming from. Uh. You and I had been talking earlier today after the Jacoby Meyer signing about how the Raiders didn't have any cap space and they needed to do something. And I was saying we could restructure people's contracts, but I guess the Raiders decided let's ship out Darren Waller 
maybe they see something we don't and that he the past two seasons has been missing a lot of time hasn't been consistently very great and he is on this big contract and so they said let's just sell him while his value is still relatively high and hope that you know he doesn't or that he continues this trend of i guess not hope because i don't think anyone ever wishes injury on anyone but they realistically will see that he's going to continue on this trend and then uh they wouldn't want that on the team because it would just be eating at money. And so now they have this third round pick, which granted, I think you maybe could have gotten more, but I don't yeah. know. I guess they didn't because obviously they would have, if they, they're not going to take a lesser pick. Uh, but I think that they just figured we can go and sign someone. And we saw Foster Moreau, who's a perfectly competent tight end. And I'm sure they can even draft a tight end if they need to, because this is a pretty deep tight end class from what I understand. Yeah, so, I've heard that too. Yeah, yeah. I uh, th- this is rough because for me, this goes back to when they hired Josh McDaniels. I was not a really big fan of that hire. I would have rather had them keep Rich Basaccia and run it back with him, since he helped the team get through so much adversity and got them to the playoffs. But. When, yeah, when they hired Josh McDaniels, I specifically remember him and Dave Ziegler, their their um team president, saying that we're not trying to be Patriots West. We're the Las Vegas Raiders, and we're going to build our own team and not allow that to influence us. But clearly, they they seem to be Patriots West with the various moves they're making, bringing in Jacoby Myers for reasons I don't understand when they already have two very competent and good wide receivers. Um, I'm also not really a big fan of the Jimmy Garoppolo signing. I think he raises the floor of the team while doing nothing to raise the ceiling. And people can say like, oh, this guy's a winner. He's won. And that that's fine and dandy. Like, I, I'll concede that point. He has won. But when he did win with the 49ers, he had one of the best defenses I've ever seen on the other side of the ball, helping him out. And the Raiders... And he had Debo Samuel and George Kittle. Yes. I guess that's one thing that bothers me about the Darren Waller thing is that George, or Jimmy Garoppolo made a living off of throwing to like one amazing tight end, and the Raiders just traded away their great tight end. But Yeah, and I don't think Foster Moreau is really a great option to have as the starting tight end. I think he drops too many passes and fumbles more than I'd like. Yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders go and draft someone, just because this draft class does have a lot of great tight ends but uh, i'm fine with that as long as they use like a second or third round pick on a tight end i i just i think they really need to be working on the defense like that really yeah, well, needs luckily, to be their entire focus at seven they will have their pick between a few good pass rushers like uh tyree wilson and nolan smith for instance or even their few good really good cornerbacks they can go get they need to shore up the secondary as well so yeah, they it need some help at, at cornerback. They've got to get Nate Hobbs back in the slot and stop yes. having to play outside. Yeah, although Nate Hobbs is one of the best cornerbacks in the league, so in the always slot, nice to yeah. have him. Yeah, always nice to have him. Yes, yeah, I just think they need to, to keep him in the slot where he shines because he was getting burned yeah. quite a bit last year on the outside. But, um... Yeah, I. Uh, what do you think about them getting Jimmy Garoppolo? Are you excited about it? Oh, let me tell you. What are your thoughts? <laughs> At night, I, I used to dream about the Raiders having a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Oh man, um, even though they had a better one last year. <laughs> I think that if you're doing all of this nonsense to move on from Derek Carr, you need to get like an upgrade from Derek Carr, like a real, real upgrade. And I don't think yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is that. I understand that the deal is basically three one-year deals, and you can just move on from him whenever. So maybe the Raiders are going to draft a quarterback or something, or they'll wait till next year to draft a quarterback. I don't know. But I guess I like it from that perspective. I think the contract is good and team-friendly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I would have rather we went and drafted someone, traded up maybe to get someone. Yeah. But... I guess that's just not the way that they want to do it. They want to have Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, maybe trading up is still a possibility. I've heard some rumors that maybe they'll trade up to um, number three, I think it is, whichever pick the Cardinals have. Yeah, that's three. Uh, Yeah, Cardinals have the third pick. And I've heard some rumors that maybe the Raiders will trade for the Cardinals pick. And uh, But I guess it really just depends, because... Out of the the quarterbacks in this year's draft, the only ones that I'm interested in the Raiders getting are C.J. Stroud and um, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, those are definitely my top two favorite quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't have Uh, a ton of interest in Bryce Young because I I don't think I'm as low on Bryce Young as you are, but uh, I definitely don't have him as high as the other two. I think that uh, C.J. Stroud has the highest floor of any of the quarterbacks uh, in the draft. And I think that Anthony Richardson obviously has the highest ceiling, considering his freakish athleticism. Yeah, and I just, I'm just i just not that high on Bryce Young because we've seen Kyler Murray, who's like a similar build to Bryce Young, and he just is not... Like, he's a, he's a very good player. Like, for example, the way that he played against the Raiders in Week 2 when they came back and won, that was amazing. But it seems like we're not consistently seeing that every week. Mm-hmm. And also, he just, it just seems like he has a really hard time seeing over his line. I will concede this. Uh, I think that, or I'm interested to see how he looks without Cliff Kingsbury, because Cliff Kingsbury is the only coach that coached Patrick Mahomes to a losing record. So um, I don't think that he gets the most out of his quarterbacks, obviously, and I think it will be interesting this year to see what Kyler Murray looks like in a completely different system, but yeah, yeah, it's interesting because they hired a defensive-minded coach, so I'm not sure who they have as their offensive coordinator, or if they've hired someone. Um, I'll I'll get that for you. I'm looking it up. It's Drew Petzing. I can't say I know who that is, but I wish him the best of luck with Kyler Murray. He was um. The tight ends coach and quarterbacks coach for the Browns. Okay. Interesting. We'll see how that goes. The Browns last year um, were not able to get the most consistent play out of Deshaun Watson. But they were able to get a very good play out of Jacoby Brissett, I will say. They were, yeah. That is a great point that you made there. I uh, honestly think at times he played better than Deshaun Watson did last year. I think uh, Deshaun Watson... Uh, well, one had not played in like two years, so it was very rusty. Yeah. Um, and I, too, yeah, I don't really obviously like him playing in yeah. the NFL, playing for the Browns. I don't, after all his off the field stuff. 
and assaults yes. uh, don't, can't really support him or enjoy watching him. But yeah, no, and I feel really bad for Browns fans because, like he like they went after a quarterback. They they made a big move bringing him in, but because of all of his off field issues, I don't think a lot of Browns fans and NFL fans in general are very happy. I know I'm not happy that he's playing. And so it's going to be really tough for Browns fans if he turns things around and they start winning because like, yeah, the Browns have just had such a hard time for so long. And now they've added this quarterback who is supposed to be able to help them a lot. But this quarterback, um, has very questionable off-field issues to say the least and yes it's a it's tough it's a tough situation for browns fans and i've always had a soft spot for the browns um because it used to kind of be like browns lions and raiders are the worst teams in the league and so i've always had a soft spot for those teams yeah me too but um as far as free agency goes what would you like to see the raiders do now is there the I know we've discussed like we'd really like to see them fix up their defense. I'd also like to see them go over some offensive linemen. What are what are some moves? Where do you think that they should be looking now? Well, yeah, I think defense is great. I mean, you got Levante David is still out there, though he's old. He's very good. Jordan Poyer, safety from the Bills, could be great. CJ Gardner Johnson still available. Yeah. Um yeah, I think we they've got some good pieces. I think so too. Uh, we'll, could... we'll see if they sign anybody. Um Yeah. Yesterday they signed that safety from the Eagles. Marcus Epps, yeah. Who I yeah. I think he's like a good depth piece, I guess. I don't know. I don't really know why we're yeah. signing depth pieces when we don't really have a good starters at every position on defense. But Yeah, no, and I mean especially the secondary. Like, yeah. Um, Nate Hobbs is is a great cornerback when he's playing in the slot. But aside from that, like uh, I guess Rock Yassin was was okay last year, but he's a free yeah. agent now. I don't he's even know if solid. the Raiders will bring him back. I think we will. Um, and they did add um Brandon Faceyson yesterday. Yes, you know who the Raiders could sign at tight end that's available. Who Dalton Schultz? Oh boy, <laughs> he's pretty good. I like Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I mean, I think he's good. I just saw this article a few days ago that really turned me off from him. It said that they were expecting him to get, like, Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller-type money. And well, yeah, I, if the Raiders I, are getting rid of Darren Waller and replacing him with Dalton Schultz and paying him the same or more, I'm not going to be too happy. Yeah, I don't think they would. I was mostly joking. But, yeah, yeah they... I don't know. The Raiders just annoy me if i'm being honest yeah it's Ever. a really tough time to be a fan i i feel the most like apathetic towards the team that i have ever felt in my life like this is a team that i i followed to the the depths of just terrible terrible football like i watched um jamarcus russell andrew walter um marcus tuiasa sopo like josh mccown all these guys play quarterback matt for the team. yeah matt mcgloin um <laughs> terrell Pryor. hey matt don't Schaub. don't slander terrell Pryor. he was great i mean he he was great at running but couldn't really throw so well but um yeah then he became my, a great receiver yeah my uh my point my point is though like i've i've 
sat with this team through some really tough times. And right now I feel like they're completely rudderless and directionless. Like, I don't see how these moves that they're making make the team into a playoff team when the vast majority of our signings so far have been offensive players. That's where most of the money has gone to. And the offense yeah. was not... Like, it kind of was a problem at times last year, but they, with the pieces they have, they shouldn't be worrying so much about the offense. They really need to be getting more defensive players. Like, linebacker, for example. Like, Denzel Perryman is a free agent. If the Raiders don't bring him back, then I don't even know who's playing linebacker for them. Yeah. It's a, it's a really rough time to be a Raiders fan right now. And I think what's most frustrating is just that they went from being a playoff team that almost beat the Bengals, who went on to the Super Bowl, to being a team that went, what were they, like 6-11? and 11? I believe so. This last year, yeah. And it just made no sense, because they went out and traded for Devontae Adams, the best receiver in the NFL. And he did really well. Like It looked like a good trade, but they're not really... Like to be fair, kind of... the Raiders, uh, I'd say they looked like a much better team at times than their record, but they just had some of the worst chokes I've ever seen any team have, like five different times. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna pull up the the schedule. I guess right now. they did have they did have the one game that was gift wrapped to them by. New the Raider Patriots. Jacoby Myers. So yeah. that's cool. He already won us a game last year. So that's very true. I mean, just uh excuse me, just looking at the schedule, that that game against the Cardinals was a terrible choke. Um their Chiefs game was pretty bad. Well yeah, that was their yeah, against, we were up seventeen nothing. Yeah, the game against the Jaguars was pretty bad. I had the to be there in person. Yes. The uh, the, the Steelers game, game was, was awful. awful, and oh the Steelers game, I remember. Yeah, I didn't even really watch that game. I feel so bad because I was building my PC and I had it on my phone, and was like kind of paying attention, but I just had like no hopes of them for, to win because other Steelers bad in the cold. Yeah, I just yeah, had... I went and saw Avatar with our brother instead of watching most of that game, <laughs> so I also yeah. missed most of it. Yeah, I mean, it was just a, a rough season, honestly. And um, You're definitely the most annoyed I think I've ever been at a Raiders team in my life. Like, I have watched us go 4-12 and 12 many times, but at least I, some, I guess 2017, yeah. we were pretty annoying. But besides that, like, when we're bad, I expect us to be bad. And this year I expected a good team because I had no reason to ever think we would be bad. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember when they traded for Devontae Adams, I read an article on The Athletic that was saying that the Raiders are Super Bowl contenders now and that they made a move to put them right in the, the mix of Super Bowl contention. And so to see them go from that, like that level of expectations to just the terrible on-field product that we witnessed a lot of the time last year, it was, um, yeah. it was very rough, to say the least. And I don't think that these moves that they're making this offseason do anything at all to, to help me feel better about the team. Yeah. Like, I just, uh, I think adding Jacoby Myers is just a waste of money, kind of. Like, he's a solid receiver, but they already have Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams. They need to be fixing other parts of their team. Like, 
I don't know what what teams have three like really really good receivers on their team. Like I don't think the Bengals. If the Bengals. Yeah, but the Bengals, at least with them, like Jamar Chase is on a rookie contract. I think T. Higgins is on a rookie contract still, maybe. Yeah, I believe and so. And so that, that works a lot better than how the Raiders, their top three receivers, none of them are on rookie contracts. None of them well, are. Well, the Bengals also have Joe Burrow, who's way better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, yeah, indisputably. And so that's a, that's something to consider. Like, unless you just have an amazing all-around team and you don't really have these huge holes that need to be filled and you just want to have more upside for your offense, then it would make sense to go after a Jacoby Myers. But with the way the team is set up right now and the fact that their defense is so terrible, I, I just feel like signing him for that kind of money is not really where they where their priorities need to lie. Yeah, I agree. It's a, It's just a tough time to be a Raiders fan. But, um, well, it has been for, what, 20 years? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just personally feel like this is the toughest it's been on me as a Raiders fan, just because they, they went from being a playoff team to being what we saw last season, and now, even though McDaniels and Ziggler said, like, we're not trying to be Patriots West, like, that, that's pretty clearly what they're mm-hmm. trying to be. I think that... Oh no! I I I fear that the Raiders are just kind of doomed as long as Patrick Mahomes is in their division. But yeah, no, I mean it's tough. But I mean, if they can draft somebody good like the Chargers did, for example, with Justin Herbert, like that puts them right in chances to contend and everything. But yeah, with the well, way that was the, the idea of moving off of Derek Carr. I thought, but apparently not. Yeah, well, I mean, people say Jimmy G is kind of like a bridge QB. And um, I hope yeah. that's the case, but, yeah, but hopefully. we'll we'll see. I guess right before we um right before we started recording, I saw a tweet from Josh Jacobs, and he he does not seem very happy. Oh yes, I saw that as well. I don't blame him at all. He no. just said it's very sad, basically, what's going on right now, and we have to assume that's what he's talking about. When players yeah. do a cryptic tweet like that, but I feel bad for him because he got his. They wanted him to have a prove it season last year, so they didn't give him his option, or they didn't um, whatever it's called. They didn't his fifth um, year option. Yeah, yeah, they didn't use his fifth year option, and he proved it. He was maybe the best running back in the NFL last year behind a terrible behind a terrible offensive line, by the way, and so. I'm sure he's just sick to his stomach seeing that they're getting rid of Waller, they got rid of Derek Carr, and they're not really doing a lot to address their defense. Like, unless we're just drafting all defensive players, then I'm just really confused about where their direction Which, is. Right we now. could be. I remember, I think it was 2021, the Angels drafted in the first, like, eight or nine rounds, they drafted all pitchers. Oh, because so their pitching is very uh, bad, aside from Shohei, so... Yeah. They, uh, the Angels make me annoyed, just wasting yes. the careers of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. But maybe Otani yeah. will leave after this season. Yeah, as a Giants fan, like San Francisco Giants, I'd really like to see them go after Shohei, but... Well, maybe they will, because he, I know, was a big thing for him when he came to the MLB to be on the West Coast, so the Giants have that going for them. 
and they have organizational success much more so than the angels yes yeah i think pretty much i remember when he was coming over from japan one of the biggest reasons why he didn't go with the giants was because um i guess as a new player he could only get like a salary of like 550 grand a year or something really low like that for a baseball player and people were saying like he literally can't afford to live in in the san francisco area with that kind of salary yeah. The San Francisco is crazy expensive, so that makes sense. Yeah, and that's something that's really hampered the Giants' ability to get free agents over the years. Like um, Seiya Suzuki last year when he was coming over from Japan, he had whittled his list down to, like, I think the Giants and the Cubs, and he decided to go with the Cubs because he and his wife really like to live in, in like, the downtown area of whatever city they're living in, and they'd been told that downtown San Francisco was, one, really expensive, and then, two, not, like, the nicest area to live, and so they decided downtown Chicago would be better. Yeah, that makes sense. It's interesting how certain things like that will, will either hurt or help an organization, because, like, the Raiders, for example, you think that they, as a team should be doing really well with free agents since there's no state income tax in Nevada. Yeah, well, there. I guess players also could go to the Cowboys or the Texans or the Buccaneers and Dolphins as well because there's no income tax in Florida and Texas. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And I think we as fans often we think of the Raiders brand as like this amazing brand. And it certainly seems that way a lot of the time, but I don't know if the players look at it the same way, especially Not. with the moves they're making right now. Well, yeah, I think that people are very much, uh, what have you done for me lately? And the Raiders have really not done much lately. So Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really great talking with you. Thank you so much for being on my podcast for this episode. I think we've oh, reached a, a good point to wrap up. We can just say we hope the Raiders do better, but they probably won't. <laughs> no, I, I fear not. Yeah. But anyway, thanks for coming on for my first episode, Nate. I really appreciate it. Of course. It was good to be here. Yeah. All right.